0: on maynard.com.au AU! If you don't do something about it, I think it's Bunga Bunga! Bunga Bunga! Episode 48! The final revenge of the chapter of the thing. The chapter of the thing. Right now, we're here in the lair of Ferguson. Things are not hidden. Yes, you can... I can see it quite clearly over there. You can lair around all you like. On this episode of Bunga Bunga, you'll hear... Boonga Boonga. And you'll hear... The exact origins and meaning of the term Boonga Boonga are varied and obscure. And there's this one we got complaints about, Tim. Boonga Boonga.
1: Oh, yeah. You sure you want to play it again? Yeah, come on. Play it again. (laughs) It goes too far,
0: which is exactly where it should go. Another too far episode. Forty-eight episodes of Bunga Bunga. I mean, I'd never thought we'd get this far.
1: We never expected this. We couldn't have done it without our Patreon friends. <coughs> But also just without the sheer belligerence that keeps us going. This is a commercial. Become a patron and you get your own show called Patreon Pandering.
0: Patreon.com slash Maynard and just a dollar and it'll help the whole thing. This harmonica is expensive.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. And a big hello to all our American friends, particularly on the West Coast. Hello, darling. Bunga Bunga is uh, big in San Fran. San And, of course, in downtown London in the United Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) No sound from Wales as yet which is exactly our plan. If you
0: sink any episode of Bunga Bunga up with Gone With The Wind and turn the sound down, it's amazing. Yeah, you can hear Ozzy Osborne saying, Sharon. And On this show, we're going to take you to a journey with Tim and his historical hypothetical. We've got a writer reply from Tim. Wow. We're going to talk about yarny eggs and goop. But right now, it's time for news.
1: Tim, what's been happening? I was down in Melbourne explaining comedy to screenwriters and comedians and it was great fun. It was two days of taking the fun out of comedy. It's one of my favourite hobbies, plucking all the fun out of comedy writing and in fact if you're writing something funny and it's good, it's got Ancient roots. I mean really ancient, ancient roots, like Jar, Jar Gabor ancient that roots. That far back. That far back. I'll have to ask Lance
0: Leopard about that. And by the way, people have been asking where is Lance? He's wintering up north with his mum in Brisbane. <laughs>
1: I'm going to have a pale period and then a tanned winter. I'm feeling dreadful, I'm
2: sick at heart, I'm guilt-ridden and so should you be.
1: G'day Lance, you are the best and so
0: is your mum. He's actually sent a a photo of himself dressed as Batman at 3am in the morning and let me tell you, when you wake up to a photo like that... It's
2: been a long night.
0: It's
1: going to be a big day. Well, Batman at 3 a.m. in the morning is after Batman's already been out for at least an hour causing trouble. So there are scuff marks. Good on your Lance. No problem is you've been running around with
0: a bad crowd. In the Maynard world, there was the Perth tour. What happened to you last time you were in Perth and Western Australia, Tim?
1: We're not allowed to talk about that. There's no gigs on the horizon. The Doug Anthony All-Stars documentary, that's right, it's a documentary Ooh. with a D, is Reaching Fruition. It's two one-hour specials. It's about the Doug Anthony All-Stars from 1984 all the way through to 2017. What happened to who and who did they blame for it? What's the earliest known footage you are able to get for yourselves? The earliest known fridge. It was a Kelvinator <laughs> hey!
0: And people said, st- that's the Doug Anthony's fridge. Ooh, Somewhere in Canberra people are looking at that. A video footage. How early does it go?
1: The very first footage we found was on uh, late-night Canberra television, a rock show where we performed live. Uh, we did two songs, gave an interview. We were there in our full maroon spearmint leaf, costumes, wearing white gloves. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is like real early, early all-stars. All the hair gel you can eat. Live from the Capital 7 Studios here in Dixon, the Doug Anthony All-Stars.
2: <PUblies> One, two, the G says loves me. Do- down into that well, bum, 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 bum Lordy, 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 into that well. He thought
0: that he was walking down into hell, bum, 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 Lordy, 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 down into
2: hell. Well, he looked at its liver and its pumping heart and said, oh. "I hope to God that this whale doesn't fart.
0: How does that feel, watching all these years later? Is it cringeworthy, or it's like, "Yeah, we're sticking it to him."
1: Well, it is a bit like watching your teenage poetry just when you thought it was good poetry. Then you end up reading people like Dylan Thomas and realize, yeah, maybe I've got a bit more work to do. We kind of looked at it once and then we avert our gaze. Although there is some footage in the documentary that we have yet to see that the producers are withholding. Why are they withholding it? They won't say. They won't show it to us until it goes to wear.
0: So you can only imagine what the footage that's too hardcore to show the actual Doug Anthony All-Stars themselves must be like. We've got an air date for these two one-hour specials.
1: Nobody tells me anything. It It will be this year, but Oh, it will be this year. You know, they'll come out. I don't know how they'll program them. It will be everywhere in your face. And you get to see All-Stars warts and warts. Not warts and all, because the all takes too long. But you'll definitely be able to get to see
0: our warts. If soon as we know about this on Bunga Bunga and Planet Maynard, we will let you know all about this. In fact, I will be all over this one. Could be a good excuse to interview you guys once again singly and talk about each other.
1: It's been a lot of work, not for us, but the uh, people at GNW TV, Ted Robinson, Joel Robinson, Danger, Will Robinson, all the Robinsons, Pam Swain, a whole bunch of people have been working a very long time travelling the world multiple times following us on our new tours. So it's been a huge amount of work by a great team. Hopefully it all makes sense, but that's not really a proviso. Right now it's over to Fake News.
2: Fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. And I
1: love it. I love it. Look at this way. Dateline Tim Ferguson. White young liberals are not integrating. Peter Dutton Comes to Mind has attacked members of the Young Liberals for failing to integrate with normal Australians. A government spokeswoman said they form ghettos in leafy suburbs. You never see them at Aldi when there's a special on five bean mix. And we know they're orphans because they always ask... Do you know who my father is? A successful Sudanese immigrant dentist said, It's frightening. We go to a restaurant, suddenly we're surrounded by these outsiders complaining, This lacks zest. Please, Mr. Dutton, stop the yachts. And now the headlines Trump claims the world is in good, tiny hands. Desperate PM gives himself total support chiropractor says medical science is totes dodgy and finally in the news post-match interview narrowly avoids interesting facts and that's the fake news the fake news it's fake
2: phony fake i love it i love it the biggest way
1: And if you want more fake news and fake sport, go to thenewdaily.com.au. Fake news you can trust. Australia's cheapest free newspaper.
0: Let's open the crank mail, Tim. Crank
2: mail, crank mail, crank mail.
0: Hang on a minute. There seems to be some mammal pissing there, Tim. You would
1: think it's a mammal. I thought it was. In fact, uh-huh. it's a fish. It is a fish, a dolphin. It's pissing. I don't believe a word of this. It's just hard to tell that it's pissing because there's so much other water. But if you listen, it takes air <gasps> and then it squirts. Let's hear it. And then splash. <laughs> There
0: you go. <laughs> it's easy to get your crank mail into Bunga Bunga. Just go to the Bunga Bunga Facebook page or contact Tim or I on Twitter. I'm Maynard.com.au, or one word, Maynard.com.au. And what are you on Twitter, Tim? I am at Real, that's right, Real, Tim Ferguson. Yoli on Twitter said she loves the drawing of the Beret Brothers you made. I'm way into the beret now. It's all winter now. I think it's a great thing, and you've been getting up on the whole hoodie beret thing, and that's a great drawing of us. It's it's amazing. It looks exactly like us. I've
1: been jumping on your bandwagon. I think the beret bandwagon is is the one that's the most distinctive, because who else in their right mind would wear a beret? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Yolly, for that. Crank mail. Sir Daryl Adams. There's a troublemaker.
0: Uh Uh-oh. He wants to know a very serious question. What is the best version of Funky Town, the original by Lips Inc.? (laughs)
1: The Shudo Echo
2: version. Won't you take me to a funky
1: town? Won't you take me to a funky town? town? Do you really need to ask that, Daryl? Yeah. Do you really? Obviously, it's Shudo Echo. Oh, yeah, it's Shudo Echo, definitely. Brian Canham. Of course, Brian Canham is a legend.
0: I'm a huge Pseudo Echo fan. I enjoyed them when they supported the Human League and also because that song was used in Revenge of the Nerds 2 as well. And uh, Brian Canham didn't know that until he actually went to the cinema and saw it. He went, oh, that's my song. I must have had it used in that. Shudo Echo were used in Revenge of the Nerds. In Revenge of the Nerds 2. 2, the second one. Wow, it just gets better. Crank mail! Andrew Ragg wants to know, if politicians put on akubra hats and unbutton their shirts for country folk and they wear high-vis vests and goggles for the outer suburbs, what should politicians wear when they visit the inner north
1: of Melbourne? Places like Northcote? Definitely Birkenstocks. definitely Birkenstocks, a little lederhosen twist. I thought they should wear pith helmets and turn up on a penny farthing just to be really hipster. And deconstructed pants. Ah, oh, that's Just right. Just deconstructed pants. What a pack of dweebs.
2: Frank
0: mail. Peter Young. All the way out in orange there. He wants to know how disappointed are we that Lance from NSYNC.
2: It ain't no night. Bye, 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 bye.
0: Not get to buy the Brady Bunch house, the original Brady Bunch house. He was pipped at the post by a Hollywood studio with a bit more money than him.
1: Call me old-fashioned, but I think the Brady Bunch house should be owned by the public. It's a present for the world. But if an individual is going to own it, then it should be the President of the United States. Trump could live there. It'd be perfect for him. Course he can slide down that banister and he can make a sandwich anytime. It's a bit fancy now, so they've got to deconstruct the house to put it back to the way it was in the 70s. That's why it would be worth something. I interviewed
0: Peter Brady when he came to Australia when the Real Live Brady Bunch opened here in the 90s, and that's available here on Planet Maynard. Just look up the Sunday Afternoon Fever Brady Bunch special, and you'll hear three hours of Brady Bunch, more Brady Bunch than you could ever possibly want. Who was your favourite member of
1: the Brady Bunch, Tim? Do you even need to ask Alice? She gets her own little box there in the middle at the end. Alice. Always had it going on. Sam, the butcher, she would go out with him. They never said what they were doing, but they would always come back a little bit ruffled. Crank mail. This time through our Facebook page, our Bunga Bunga
0: Facebook page. Oliver Udall, we have a medical emergency. (laughs) Oliver Udall
1: wants to know, I'm really hungover today. How do I cure it? Very simple. It's only two ingredients. You drink two litres of water straight up. And take 36 hours' worth of sleeping pills.
0: And when you wake up, everything will be fine. Sure, you might have lost your job, but you'll be feeling better hangover-wise.
1: And you might need to change the sheets. Medical emergency also from Lindley
0: Kissick. Posty Lindley, Mr Chockey, he's got a bit of a problem with his wee-wee.
1: Oh, no, Mr Chockey, Mr Chockey, Mr Chockey. Certainly, certainly would recommend two litres of water and 36 hours worth of sleeping pills. It
0: works for cats just as well as it does for people. But genuinely, Posty Lindley, we are sending you good, good vibes
1: for Mr to chalk him. He's a great cat. He and Kitler would get on like a house on fire, literally. Oh. Ah. They're both alt-right cats, are they? I get the feeling, yeah. Ah. He seems far more laissez-faire, but that's where the ultra-right really gets you. Craig,
0: Miles. Greg Duray. Greg Duray wants to know, Tim, what is your favourite sound effect?
1: Is that of a dolphin leaping into the air, having a twinkle, and then splashing back down again. That's that peeing dolphin that was in the
0: crankmail. That's right. I love fish sound effects. <laughs> crankmail. Tony Push, Mark O'Brien writes. Should we forget this whole only leave footprint behind
1: theory of holidaying and just get in there and muck up the place since it's probably <gasps> anyway. Well, that's what tagging's for. I mean, I can't believe in the 20th century, the whole 20th century, not one gutsy teenage tagger has managed to get through to the Sphinx in Cairo. Mm. It's sitting right there all day, all night. What are you? What are you? Are you actually rebelling? Or you're like, oh, no, I only tag places where there's no grown-ups. Get into it. Tag that Sphinx. What part of the Sphinx should be tagged, you think? There are parts that have already been blown off by English (gasps) cannon?
0: Now, 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 was that just the French saying that because they like starting rumours about
1: people? Probably was. <laughs> How do you say it like that? Yeah, it was probably the French who did it. Hello, everyone. Tag that sucker. Tag it. I dare you. That's it for Crank Mail. Get it in through our
0: Facebook page. You can email to us, maynard at maynard.com.au. Send it to Tim. Anything. Because we are nothing if not caring, instructive and welcoming
1: and we will answer any crank mark. You will get a response, no matter how stupid or how well thought out your question.
0: Mark. Oh boy, I can hardly
1: wait for those wonderful jokes. It's over to Tim in the announcers' booth. What's uh, what's in Maynard? What what? <gasps> what's in Maynard's bug-out bag? What's in my bag-out bag is a simple thing I was
0: given by Mr. Richard Saunders from the Skeptic Zone. It's called the sound machine. You've probably seen little kids wandering around the street making all sorts of noises. That's just one of them. And what I like about these sound effects is there's two batteries, it's portable, it's lo-fi, and everything goes on a little bit longer than it should. For example, this should be just a drum roll and quick applause, but no, it, it sort of goes on and then... What's your favourite from my little device, Tim? Oh, I think... (laughs) See, just a little bit, about one second longer than it needs to. Someone with comic timing did not prepare these gags, did they? That's true, because you need them to be quick so you can move on to the next one. I think it's not to do comedy sound effects for timing, but to annoy parents. Just listen to this.
1: That glass is just a bit long, isn't it, Tim? It's just that little... They <laughs> cannot contain themselves. It's called timing.
0: And you can't press another sound until that one's finished playing. <laughs> and that's what is in Maynard's Bug out bag. I'll have a chromatica. See, that's chromatic. Can you explain
1: what that is musically chromatic, Tim? Chromatic is one after the other. One note after the other. It goes up chromatically very simple. In a sense, all music is chromatic. What about pentatonic? Pentatonic means you're going up in fifths.
0: You didn't know Tim knew this stuff. Can I just ask you a little bit about your uh, singing history here, because you do have a beautiful voice. For me to poop on! I am sitting opposite someone who is one of the group of hallowed people that have played the role of Frankenfurter in Australian productions of the Rocky Horror Show. What was the hardest song for you to sing in that, Tim?
1: The tougher song is the I'm Going Home one. I thought that might have been because of the range of it, is it? Well it's uh, the range But also the emotional range It's the first time anywhere In the entire musical Frankenfurter has to get emotional Because he's going home
2: Because i
1: It's a big song, and you really can't screw around with it.
2: I'm going home.
1: My trick was to run my hands roughly down my face.
2: I'm going home.
1: So that all of a sudden my makeup would just smear.
2: I'm going
1: has lost everything. So that was the hard one. The rest of the time, you're just strutting around telling people off. That is the character's thing, is strutting around telling people off
0: and being fabulous.
1: I'm not much of a man by the light of day.
2: But I not want hell of a lover.
1: being fabulous the anticipation gag i managed to reinvent i see you shiver with (laughs) one thing about doing frankenfurter is that everybody knows the show quite often the audience will turn up and be reciting the script with you or anticipating things and having props and that sort of stuff but the anticipation gag i think i made my own how did you make it your own well, you can actually listen to one performance that was recorded on the footy show, which is where you'd want to put it. Oh, yeah. And you'd be able to hear exactly what I did. Very simple, but very special. The anticipation gag from Rocky Horror Show. That's cool. And you're right. The footy show would be the perfect, I mean, because they're getting
0: dressed up in all sorts of things all the time on that show. Oh,
1: well, that's true. They're always wearing fishnets. A lot of those players find that they keep their legs just a little bit warmer in, in those cold and rainy days. Remove the cause, but not the
2: symptom.
1: There's a little insight into the career of Tim Ferguson. That was a moment of insight. Let's hear it again. That's what it feels like.
0: Right now, we're going to take you behind the curtain of the making of a show called The Skeptic Zone. The other week, I was at Skeptics in the Pub and I spoke to Jessica Hazard-White and Trish Hahn. They're very sceptical women. They were talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's website, Goop, which has a lot of strange things on it. Tim, you ever had a look there? Oh, yeah. It's got things like Gwyneth Paltrow on it. And it's got things you can buy that really have no basis in fact. I had a chat to them about various things and none of this made the child-friendly sceptic zone. I get censored all the time, Tim, and this is the stuff that I will not stand for. So here, Jessica trish and me having a bit of a chat about goop humans lie all the time and we oh, yeah. lie to ourselves all the time people do it with with the pill you're supposed to take the pill at the same time every single one. No, you don't occasionally you could miss a day yeah and then oh, i'll just take two tomorrow that is not how it works if i don't take my drugs one weekend i take them the next <laughs> lot and let me tell you that works because the third weekend i don't remember
2: good for you may who have we got here Jessica, the thing that Gwyneth Paltrow...
0: You don't have to put anyone in your special purpose, do you? Or something like that, is it?
2: It's Gwyneth Paltrow. She tells a lot of people to put things in their intimate regions that they yes. probably shouldn't put there to begin with, like smoke and jade eggs.
0: Her site, goopy do doopity or whatever it is.
2: But I do think that certainly when it's woo that's targeted at women, and often sometimes that's sort of making them feel insecure about things that I think they don't need to feel insecure about. But there was one thing recently on Teen Vogue, how people can get their vaginas summer-ready... And sort of giving them a lot of advice that was a little bit scary and not really evidence based. People should just be okay with however their genitals are. I'm sure their genitals are fine. I saw
0: the FDA in America had to issue something just recently, and it's about people using laser treatment on those parts of women's bodies that they aren't designed to do. They're usually hair removal, they're not designed to change skin.
2: Vaginal rejuvenation, trust me. Oh,
0: that's right, yeah. No matter what your vagina is like, it's always summer ready. Just like it's always winter ready, and it's probably <laughs> ready for spring too even as we speak what does that mean my penis has been ready for winter it's come and gone and nothing's happened all i can say is if anyone's at home and they've got their genitals ready for any season it doesn't matter if no one cares it can be ready
2: it doesn't matter how long has goop been in existence now almost 10 years it's really my full-time job there are a couple of things and i've written them down here squatting squatting when urinating strengthens the pelvic floor <laughs> muscles resulting in a flatter stomach and more satisfying life. Is that something that you believe in? I don't know. You don't know. i never read that You've got to subscribe to this website. And oh, this oh. is a jade egg. Yes. Now, this is fascinating. Tell us what this does. <laughs> the jade egg is an ancient Chinese practice where women insert the jade egg in there <gasps> to help tone the pelvic floor. How does it help do that? I don't know. I need to start my (laughs) J-Day practice. You've never been on this website before, have you? What are you doing in that office?
1: That sort of advice is what happens when nobody ever says no to a person like Gwyneth. Nobody ever says, Gwyneth, don't say that. Don't do that just because you just thought of it. Gwyneth's in that sweet spot of life, which none of us will get to, where nobody ever says no. All as one, I think we should all bring out the only person we can trust. To really truly heckle Gwyneth Paltrow. Here he is. We're
2: gonna tell you what's on our mind. What we really wanna say is this.
1: Boom! He really gets it out there. Good on you, kid. I think we all know
0: people that we've encountered in life, Mm, you haven't really heard the word no often in your life, have you?
1: What happens is that their requests or their advice become more and more outlandish and the next thing you know they're running Venezuela's economy. Like the Queen, what was the last time someone said, I'm afraid not, Your Majesty, that's just not going to happen today. But I have I have decreed, I know you've decreed, there's no effing way. And you just know that if she had to look after all those corgis
0: herself, she wouldn't have as many. That's right. And they're always so clean, they haven't got any poo around their bum like a regular corgi would have.
1: Apparently when Gough Whitlam, Australian Prime Minister Gough Whitlam, had an audience, his first audience with the Queen, one of the corgis farted, and Gough remarked, that she did not react in the slightest. And speaking of
0: politics, it's time for Tim's Historical Hypothetical, where we put Tim Ferguson in a place and time and personality in history and ask, so, what
1: would you have done, (laughs) smartass? Don't tell me, don't tell me. I can't take this sort of stress. It better not be anything from the Whitlam period. The year 1976. The date,
0: January 22nd. The place, Canberra, Australia. Why, that's six weeks after the Whitlam period. Isn't that long enough? (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay. Thursday, the 22nd of January, 1976, God Save the Queen has been reinstated as Australia's national anthem. Prime Minister, Mr Malcolm Fraser, yesterday reversed a decision made under the Whitlam government that Advance Australia Fair was to be the official national anthem. Mr Fraser said Defence Force bands would play God Save the Queen on all royal occasions. This makes Australia the only country in the world with a choice of four national anthems at the time, as Mr Fraser said that on all other occasions, any organiser can choose between God Save the Queen, Advance Australia Fair, Spanish Flea, (laughs) Walsing Matilda, and song of Australia.
2: Austria.
0: This would remain the case until some form of popular consultation decided on an appropriate anthem for ceremonial occasions. They had a uh, referendum on it. People went around and asked everybody what they want. Advance Australia Fair won, but it didn't get officially instated to our national anthem until 1984. So until then, we had a couple of different anthems you could choose from on non-royal occasions.
1: My favourite choice would be the Australia Song. Oh. Firstly, because I've never heard it in my life, and secondly, because it's got the word song in it. But of course, here at Bunga Bunga, I think you know what
0: Australia song we like. Check this out.
1: Who wouldn't stand up and dance to that? Who would want to stand on an Olympic podium and accept even bronze when listening to that fantastic tune? The great thing is, nobody knows the words to that song, so we're already a step ahead. They could have had a Daft Punk song. I mean, some Daft Punk would have been great as
0: a national anthem. Mm-hmm.
1: Or a little bit of Sid Vicious. Is that what you would have done to solve this problem, Tim? No, I wouldn't have done that at all. Oh. I would not have put it out there to a vote. I'm shocked. I would have made a very simple choice, which is we stick with God save the Queen. We stick with it until it's totally irrelevant, until the Queen has in fact become the King. But we still stick with it. So when the King arrives, we show him what we're made of by rebelling and calling him a Queen. <laughs> I love your cunning plan Tim and
0: of course when it was actually put to a vote God save the queen only got 18% where Advance Australia Fair got 43% as the highest winner
2: in May, just give a beauty,
0: Spanish flea
1: not as many as I would have thought of Australians, let's repeat that, decided that Advance Australia Fair was a good song. That's what's wrong with this country. It's not the economy and it's not the price of petrol and it's not all those koalas in the trees. It's the fact that so many people thought Advance Australia Fair would sum it all up for us. (laughs)
0: rules when it comes to national anthems that you can't cover someone else's so we could use la marseillaise as our national anthem and just play it slightly differently
1: yeah or the american national anthem is very that's a hard one to
0: sing tim remember that's very difficult to sing
2: (laughs)
1: Then again, Australia should really just adopt the national anthem of Venezuela. Which
0: is Spanish Flea anyway. What about O Canada?
1: O Canada. Our home.
0: And what are you doing? Uh, with what? You're speaking it.
1: I'm singing. It's how I
0: sing. Like, oh, O Canada. No, no. Can you do with like melody, like
1: uh, "Oh Canada"?
0: Oh Canada.
1: That's no, no. It's Does good. It no, sounds no, no. well. We're celebrating our good friends, Canada. I'm married a Canadian. They're that good. I'd happily sing "Oh Canada" every time an Aussie stands on the podium. Just do it, Shatner style. That way, nobody has to actually sing. Oh Canada. What are you doing with wealth and toil? And lots of soil, we're girt by sea.
0: Although Auntie Jack had it right, you know, we're girt by sea on one side.
2: Santa Street.
1: Girt by sea on one side, and Britain is girt by sea. I don't know why we got lumped with the girtness. Maybe we've got bigger girt than they have. We've got a lot of girt. That's one thing we can provide. If other countries lack girt, we can send it over. Joseph's Banks. I think that was on his first
0: email he sent back to the Queen. Lots of girt here. How much girt you got? We're bringing back a lot of girt.
1: Too much girt, in fact. And it wasn't welcome. That's Tim's historical hypothetical solving things and somehow making them just that little bit worse.
0: Well done, Tim. A lot of people say you're an anti-intellectual, but I say nay. No, I like intellectuals. they just don't work on their behalf. It is time to work on your own behalf as we get to the part of the show where we get the little milk crate, we give you a microphone. It's time for Tim's right of reply to a question nobody
1: asked. Don't expect too much. War on Waste on the ABC is a complete waste. It should be called Waste on Waste. And why is that? You might be going, oh, my God. I'm shocked. That's outrageous because it's so middle class. It's so slightly left wing, but something I guess we can all agree upon and hold hands over. The simple fact is if the ABC is going to make TV shows that agitate political values to people, that try to change people's behaviour, then surely they should turn it on things that have a lot more weight than building gigantic Gigantic balls of plastic bags and saying this is the amount of plastic you go through every 20 minutes the simple facts are firstly all that stuff goes underground there's no real danger of straws going into the throats of turtles. Think about it. You're running a pub. Do you grab all the straws at the end of the night, stick them in a bag, and take them down a circular quay? Are you out of your freaking mind? What the show doesn't cover are the important social issues. For example, oh, what's one? Oh, yeah, homelessness. What's another one? Oh, yeah, rampant poverty. How about those? How about a comedy show about those? The war on waste really is a waste of all our times. It's just wimpy, lefty. I'm a lefty, but really I don't worry about waste. We've got bigger problems. We have people sleeping on the streets, sleeping in parks in the middle of winter with not a cent in their pockets, and you're worried about garbage bags at Woolworths? For Christ's sake. And that's all I have to say about that. For Christ's sake. Leave Donald Trump alone, people. Oh, yeah, you're making all your jokes and Donald Trump's got funny hair and he's got little fingers and, of course, he's imprisoning children. But leave him alone. He's trying to run the world and he doesn't need all of us mocking him. He's a president of the United States and just like the last guy, Obama. Thanks, Obama. And the guy before him, Hillary Clinton. And I'm encouraged by what I hear about the uh, progress in the peace efforts that are going on between the government and MILF. He is doing his very best. Sure, he makes money out of it, but leave the guy alone. He only wants to make the world a place. You're saying he deserves respect as the figurehead. Hey, slow down there, coach. He's... (laughs) I didn't say that at all. People who say you have to respect whoever is a president really hasn't messed some of the lesser precedents. Like Roosevelt, the second one. What was he about?
2: They had begun to consider the government of the United States as a mere appendage.
1: Sure, he won a war, OK. But apart from that, what did he do for fashion?
2: And I can assure you that we will keep our sleeves
1: rolled up. He was in a wheelchair as well, Tim. That's true, but he was in a cape in a wheelchair. You can't Can't cross the streams. It's either a cape or a wheelchair. Take your choice. Exactly. And you've got to push the wheelchair yourself.
2: And I welcome their hatred.
0: That's Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. (laughs) Don't expect too much. Tim, I think we should go out on something special. As you know, I do like to listen to other podcasts occasionally, Tim. What?
1: What? There are other podcasts? Oh, you mean the ones that review us? Like, who are these podcasts? Yeah, we love them. These
2: two Aussies put on a show called Bunga Bunga. Yeah. It is fast-paced. It's high energy. Yeah. It's all crazy nonsense. There's no amount of research I could have possibly done to understand where this is all coming from. I have no idea.
0: Here's the one that I've been listening to lately, James Bond Radio, episode 139. Have a listen to it, people. As uh, I've mentioned on this show, I'm one of the three people in Australia who actually enjoy the 1967 version of Casino Royale with Peter Sellers and David Niven. And they have an interview with the only living director that's left alive, Joseph McGrath, a guy with a great Scottish accent. And he actually got into a physical fight with Peter Sellers, because Peter Sellers, and you'll appreciate this, Tim, it'll all be explained in the interview, Orson Welles is in the movie, and Peter Sellers wanted not to be in a two-shot with Orson Welles, have the film developed, watch the film in the rushes, and then have his dialogue written so it was better and funnier than Orson Welles' dialogue. And the director said... That's just impossible. You're behaving like a child. Punched him. Peter Sellers punched him back and he was taken off the movie. And they had four directors after that. But that's amazing that you'd be so paranoid about your performance that you'd want to see someone else's
1: and then write better lines. Have you heard of that before, Tim? Only on daytime television and Australian soap operas. The kind of thing you might see on The View. You'd see it on The View, definitely. Replace me so that I can prove I was better. It's not a good forward-thinking plan. Here's Joseph McGrath talking about his time on Casino Royale 1967 and have a listen
0: to James Bond Radio, episode 139. It's a great interview and you've got to love Joseph's
2: accent. Peter and I had a confrontation because Orson was waiting and Peter... Asked to talk to me, I we went off set to talk, and he said, "From now on, I'm not going to shoot any scenes with Orson. No, no two shot, no wide shots. Just shoot Orson in close up, and then we'll look at what he's done after he, he's shot all his stuff, and he's gone off this." I said, "Wait a minute! You're talking about me shooting close ups in Orson for three or four weeks without you being there?" He said, "Yes." You can do that. You can get somebody to read my lines. And then when Orson's gone, you and I can look at what Orson's done. And then we'll be funny. We can write in new lines that so I'm funnier than he is and better than he is. I said, wait a minute. The whole point of, of you choosing Orson Welles is that Peter Sellers and Orson Welles are seen together. That's what makes great film. Peter, you can't do this. Oh, he said, I can do this. I said, oh, you're, you're an idiot. You're behaving like a spoiled child. And he hit me. And then the stuntman, Jerry Crampton, who was watching this, Jerry Crampton came across and grabbed us both by the collars, separated us and said, I do not know which one of you to hit. Peter and I started laughing. And years later, Jerry Crompton said, "Watching Joe and Peter fight, it was like teenage girls swatting wasps." (laughs) (laughs) And said, "You're a great fan of Peter Sellers, aren't you?" I said, "I still am. Yes, I am, as an actor." He said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, this definitely is the this is the first case I know of of the fan hitting the shit." Peter says, "You'll have to fire Joe." I'm too embarrassed to come back.
0: I think we should play something from the soundtrack, Herb Albert's
1: soundtrack, the guy who did Spanish Flea. Let's hear something from Casino Royale. What a classic movie. If you've seen it before, you didn't like it. You hadn't had enough martinis. Get a whole bunch of martinis into you, then click it on. Well, you've been listening to Bunga Bunga 48. What fun, what fun. We got in trouble dancing last time. Let's go out and not come back. Let's cut a rug, Tim. We're cutting rugs. Shall we also dance?
0: Bunga, bunga.
2: Bunga, bunga.
1: Hey, slow down there, Coachies.
0: maynard.com.au
1: slow down there coaches <laughs> and Hugh.